Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. During his press conference celebrating one year in office, President Biden told reporters that he's confident he could get the Build Back Better uh, bill passed uh, through the uh, Senate. Uh, and it was interesting. He he really focused on Build Back Better for a good chunk of his prepared remarks. And then as things continued in his question and answer with the press, uh, it started to, to unravel just a little bit. And finally, the president said that he was confident that he can get big chunks of Build Back Better passed. Uh, and he's not alone. There's a lot of Democrats up for election this year. Uh, they want to break it up. Uh, as we've always said, they should break it up, not through reconciliation, through actual bills. Uh, but are Demo- Democratic leaders in the House really on board? How could they possibly break it up uh, to make sure something gets done before the midterm? Uh, so we turn to uh, one of our uh, specialists, Mariana Sotomayor. She's a congressional reporter for The Washington Post uh, who covers the House of Representatives specifically. And so I had a chance to talk to Mariana a little earlier today. And we talked about where Democrats are in relationship to Build Back Better and keeping it in one piece or breaking it up into two or maybe even more pieces. It's really been a reality check for many House Democrats, because if you think back to last year, a lot of the debate was between moderates who wanted a more limited uh, targeted bill, you know, policies that would be funded for several years and progressives who wanted much more to be addressed and maybe, you know, not fund it for such a long amount of time. And now we're getting to the point, of course, where the House was able to package together a bill, send it over to the Senate side. But of course, Senator Joe Manchin said, you know what, I can't move forward with this bill. And where we are right now is everyone is basically waiting for Manchin to say what he can agree with. And, you know, there are a number of moderate members in the House who actually do agree with where Manchin is. And and previously what he has said that he could support are policies like universal pre-kindergarten, you know, put billions of dollars towards climate change reforms and also things like, um, you know, making sure that subsidies in the Affordable Care Act are are actually made permanent and also addressing some changes in Medicare. So those are big policy changes, of course, but there's many things that fall out that are uh, priorities for Democrats. And at this point, many Democrats are thinking, well, you know, we might not be able to get a lot of what we want, but we do need to pass something to at least tell voters, look, we as Democrats can deliver on promises made. 
Ariana Sotomayor went on to explain how some of those critical swing state Democrats, remember, this is going to be important for the Democrats to maintain control of the House, though they have to have the swing state Democrats win. And so those swing staters uh, are preparing to break up the Build Back Better plan so that they can try to pass something in a bipartisan way, which will help them with reelection. You know, they're they are very anxious. These, of course, are members that we refer to as the frontline members and simply because they are the frontline of defense for protecting the Democratic majority. They tend to be those who were elected in 2018 during that big blue wave who now are representing uh, districts that overwhelmingly went for Trump or, you know, they're very rarely went for Biden. So where they are right now and what they would like to see is just leadership being proactive. We've seen Manchin not just previously in the the past summer say, you know, this, this is what I agree with. This is what I don't agree with. But it was everyone was caught by surprise when he said, I can't move forward with the Build Back Better Act. So what a lot of these swing uh, district Democrats want, most of whom are moderates, they want to make sure that there are contingency plans for if Manchin, once again, maybe they go into good faith negotiations, but then he pulls out and says, you know what, I can't support this. They don't want to be caught flat-footed, especially in the months leading into the, the, the final stretch of the campaign. So what some of them have proposed is potentially not just slimming down the Build Back Better Act pieces and policies that could be passed on a bipartisan basis. Maybe we can address those separately because, of course, the hurdle over on the Senate side, you need 10 Republicans to pass any policy that the House may be able to pass through Democratic majority. So some of those things could be prescription drugs. Republicans, there are a number of them who have said that they want to see reforms as well. Um, The other could be the child tax credit. There is openness by Republicans to maybe see if there is a pathway forward. That is something that is being discussed. But again, leadership, both in the House and Senate, and you did kind of hear Biden say this as well, they want to try and pass a slimmer version through Democratic majorities, through that budget process that allows the senators to vote, um, you know, just just those 50 Democratic senators and pass as much as possible. Mariana uh, and I talked about Speaker Pelosi and the juggling act that she's doing with the two wings of her party, how the progressive wing of the party wants to go bigger and bolder and really press that as the agenda and the winning strategy for 2022. Again, those moderate to swing state members of the House on the Democratic side are trying to just keep things together and hoping to get some wins that will help them with reelection. So I asked her, can Nancy Pelosi keep her house, the house, in order? So the speaker has always had her eyes on keeping the majority, making sure you get the majority if you're in the minority. And she, even though she is personally very, very progressive, she has always, almost at the end of the day, sided with her frontline members. So, you know, this week um, and also last week, all these frontline members actually told her we should be focusing every week, whether it's bills that are part of the Build Back Better or our separate standalone bills. The House should be having these conversations talking about the economy and the fact that not just Build Back Better, but we as Democrats understand what people are feeling right now. 
They're seeing those inflation numbers. They are feeling the effects of the supply chain issues. So that is something that she is now factoring in in terms of what the rest of the legislative schedule could look like besides Build Back Better. But really the message that, you know, she even said yesterday, one, we have to pass uh, the Build Back Better, even if it's slimmed down through a reconciliation process. And also we should be talking, we being Democrats, not shining a light on the failures, not not saying, you know, we, we haven't been able to pass these things. What she wants Democrats to be saying right now is look at what we've been able to achieve. And those are things like the infrastructure bill. Um, you know, there's legislation that actually is going to be affecting the economy um, and also supply chains that both House and Senate Democrats are trying to cobble together. So she kind of wants to pivot the framing and messaging a little bit so that Americans realize if, if Democrats do a good job on messaging that they have been able to deliver. That's my conversation with Mariana Sotomayor. She's a congressional reporter for The Washington Post. She covers the House of Representatives. Appreciated her perspective there. It's going to be really interesting to watch and see what the Democrats actually do. Uh, If the progressive wing or the more moderate wing of the party wins out, if they do decide to slim down, just reduce cost in terms of the bill, or whether they break it up into smaller pieces and still try to do it through reconciliation, one party only, or if they break it up where there's actual bipartisan support, we'll continue to track and follow that. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to look at a powerful pattern for more meaningful, peaceful, interpersonal conversations with people who think, live, or believe different than you. Stay with us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.